Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Was thir Thursday? <laughs> it was Tuesday, but it is a Thursday today. Was unable to do the show on Tuesday due to getting one hour of sleep and getting stuck at the pharmacy, which they said it would take 15 minutes, but it took an hour and 15 minutes. So I couldn't get home on time. I was too tired. But today, on Thursday, I decided to make up for the missing show on Tuesday. And the good thing is, this time, I got no sleep last night. <laughs> I didn't sleep at all. So I'm running on adrenaline, which is actually better than getting an hour of sleep because then you're groggy. But this is good because I need the energy to talk about this next topic here. And that is KOF 15. People are talking about this on the KOF community is on a rampage. They've been talking about this topic for a very long time. And that is why are people not playing KOF 15? And if you actually remember, uh, we had a synchronized episode where we talked about this uh, due to Felicimo bringing up the topic. And we were talking about, you know, some of the reasons why we thought that KOF 15 you know, just hasn't been as popular. It hasn't been picked up as much. You know, the matchmaking has been improved. The net code is really good for the game. So, you know, why are people not picking up this game uh, at this point? And what I really wanted to do is ask the YouTube comments and to ask you guys in chat over here, if you don't play KOF 15 and have considered it and decided not to play it, what is your reason? Why aren't you playing KOF 15? Now, obviously I'm stating this like you're making a mistake. And you know, KOF 15 is a very enjoyable game. It's very fun. It's very fast paced. It's, it's what a lot of people want from fighting games. It's execution heavy. There's no drive rushes or uh, 6-6-Ls like in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. There's very few skip neutral uh, kind of stuff going on over uh, happening. So I'm curious like what is the reason that a lot of people aren't playing this game now you know one of the things that a lot of people bring up and, and what a lot of the KOF community is getting really mad about is the fact that you know one of the reasons why uh, a lot of people don't play it is because you have to learn three characters <laughs> And that's terrifying. And if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, like a month ago, I was talking about this concept of actually maybe having some sort of arcade version uh, on Steam where you can just pay like 25 cents to play one credit for a fighting game. Because someone argued that, you know, playing three characters was the draw for KOF a long time ago. But the problem is that was 25 cents. If you put in a quarter and you started playing KOF and you got slaughtered, you lost 25 cents. If you were playing 25 cents and someone walked up to you and challenged you and just slaughtered you, you'd be like, whatever. And you walked away with 25, with losing 25 cents. The problem right now is that if you want to play KOF 15, you got to spend 60 bucks. And once you spend the 60 bucks, now you got to learn all the three characters to have uh, you know, a quality online experience, but there's more to it than just that. There's more to it than just that. So I want to get to that, but I actually want to see what some people are saying in the chat over here. Uh, shout out to Patet uh, saying hello from Sweden at 4 a.m. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, like, for example, Joshua actually says uh, KOF probably has the most fun neutral of any game. But max combos killed my hype. 
I'm probably alone in that, though. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, the last character deleting people with full damage combos can be kind of weird. Like, it's a weird flow of the game. Uh, but, you know, uh, you see Mollusk Lover actually says, I try to play it somewhat, but learning three characters is time-consuming and the huge roster can result in being knowledge-checked. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I talk about. You know, having to learn three characters is really tough. Uh, Mr. Cactus says, honestly, I think people just don't care about KOF. If you're into fighting games, you've heard of it, but in English-speaking territories, it's always been second to Capcom games, and that will probably never change. Uh, in response to that, a lot of people do care about KOF, but I think they care about the characters and the lore. <laughs> More sometimes than actually playing the game because the fans of KOF are feverish fans of KOF. But I know a lot of fans of KOF who actually don't play the games at all. They just really like the characters. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Mr. Cactus also says if KO 15 looked like 13, had great matchmaking out the gate and better marketing, it would help. But at the end of the day, it doesn't say Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, etc. on the box. And brand recognition and attachment goes a long way. Plus, learning three characters and the talk about how hard KOF is probably doesn't help either. So, yeah, one of the things that you have to address is, uh, yeah, brand recognition. It, it's tough. It's tough succeeding out this. And we talked about this on the Synchronized episode. But let's face it, graphics mean a lot. Like, we can't even pretend graphics are something that we can just look past anymore. Like, if your game does not look good, it's not going to sell good. That's just it. And while I don't think KOF 15 looks bad, KOF 15 still definitely looks like a previous, maybe even a previous, previous generation game. That's not to say something like PS3 is terrible graphics, but uh, look, it's just, it's not as nice looking as a lot of the other games out there. Uh, so I think the graphics are a problem. Uh, the three characters thing we've talking about a little bit. Uh, Dr. Cheesesteak says, yep, I love KOF, but as I become an old man who's a casual, learning three characters is not up my alley anymore. Yeah, it's really crazy that I think a lot of people don't realize how much the three characters thing is really, really <laughs> tough. Also, honestly, uh, Game Genie says people just want to play KOF characters in a Street Fighter game. I mean, CVS 2 was great for that, but I mean, even in CVS 2, that was a team game. But I guess you could just, you know, match up Kim Capuan with Ken and Bison, who you kind of already knew how to play. So it was kind of a cheater uh, way to do that. So, uh, but yeah, visually, it's not very strong. Uh, Dr. Chisa says, I'll be all over Garo 2, though, 1v1. Uh, Origami Kingdom says, couldn't play it online when it dropped, and now just too many options. Going back is hard with new games dropping. Yes, uh, new games is all, always a problem as well. And that initial matchmaking start didn't help. But a lot of people said, if matchmaking gets fixed, yes, I'll play the game. Matchmaking got fixed. Very few people actually uh, lived up to their word. And I'm wondering why. 
CP Skills says, uh, well, John the Automaton says, three? I can barely play one! Um, yeah, Mexico doesn't complain about learning three char play characters. Yeah, Desmaku, that's true, but it's also all the old school guys don't complain about it. All the old school guys don't complain about it. Uh, but there's some really important uh, things to, to hear. CP Skills and Lurker Spine say something very similar, and I was going to address this. I I'm bad at the game, says CP Skills, and can never find people on my level to play. And Lurker Spine says, I just don't have a community to play with. Uh, and then Molus Lover says, also being destroyed by Mexicans with two decades of experience sucks. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, AG42 says 15 was my first game and I got 33rd at Combo Breaker this year. Yeah, not everybody has that ability to do that, right? You, We're talking about bringing in a lot of casual players. You're probably hardcore enough that you are, like, going to dedicate your time for this. Uh, I, so, uh, Twitch Graphics says... Uh, I don't know. I've been playing since 94. Maybe when people see 15, they're afraid of a title that went through so many sequels already. It's so daunting to start learning. Uh, again, I, I just, I'll talk about that a little bit. We're just in a different era. We're in a different era. Like I said uh, earlier, Twitch Graphics, arcade culture was very different. It was very easy to put a quarter in and just mess with three different characters because it didn't feel daunting to learn them all because you were just spending 25 cents. And you just switched around, and if you lost, if you died, it was just 25 cents. You could futz around, and it wasn't a problem. Nowadays, you look at... KOF 15 year, like I gotta spend $60 and then I gotta buy the season pass. And now I have to learn 30 char three characters just to go online and get beat up by people. And this is one of the things that I wanna talk about. Juicebox had a tweet that kind of hinted at this and I quote retweeted it. And I said, one of the most valuable things for fighting games is to have a giant pool of bad players. You need to have people out there that you can play against when you're learning. And the problem with a lot of niche fighting games, which I tend to call Discord fighters, this doesn't exist. So KOF doesn't have this right now. You, I mean, I, one person I was talking to on Twitter said, I'm new at the game, I'm not very good, and I got matched up. I, I was like, cool, I get to play this person I've seen play and do well at tournaments. But he's like, but why am I getting paired up with this person in ranked? Like, I clearly have no chance. I clearly have no chance. And so a game has to have a giant pool of bad players to play against so that you can get, you you can feel like you're fighting people on your skill level. That's one of the beautiful things about a game like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and Tekken is that their player bases are larger. So you have people at your skill level to actually go up against outside of smurfing accounts, right? Account smurfing. But one of the other things a lot of people say, well, it's fine. Just go on Discord, hit up your friends. That's why you play with your friends before you get on match. And, and this is one of the things that drives me nuts about not just fighting game community, but about every community, is that nobody is, has any empathy and nobody realizes that the world isn't you. 
everybody is different. Everybody is different. And the amount of introverts that exist out there who don't want to bother going to Discord or trying to find other people who just want to sit down and play a fighting game. You know, they're not going to take the time to do this. And so the fact that KOF is a three character game, uh, it's hard because you have to learn three characters and then get slaughtered online. And KOF is a very snowball heavy game. A very, yeah, rookies instead of bad players, for sure. I mean, I'm being blunt right now. But yes, you need other people who are, at, who are new at the game. You need people who are new at the game. But again, you know, uh, not everybody's out there is just going to sit there and just go and go on discords and stuff like that. You have to understand there's all these different mindsets and you don't have that when you're playing three. And like I said, KOF is a very snowball heavy game. If you're finding somebody who knows what they're doing, you can't do a dang thing in the game. You can't do a good dang thing. Uh, Anti-Ancient Crystal, sorry, says that's why Smash is so popular. It's easy to learn and play. Not only that, but I'll tell you this right now, Ancient Crystal, one of the most powerful things about Smash Brothers is that the CPU is actually worthy. Is that in that at, you actually have to get better to beat the higher difficulties of the CPU. Fighting game CPUs in a lot of fighting games are just the percentage of time they block your attack. Like that's how they make the difficulty harder is like this thing will react to your buttons or they'll just block 90% of the time at difficulty eight, you know, but the Smash Brothers game, like when, like, when you first learn Smash, like, Playing against a level four computer, once you start beating them, once you move up to five, it's actually a palpable increase in strength. And it actually feels like you have to get better. And dude, when you get to the highest difficulty of the of, of Smash CPU, especially in games like Ultimate, like they're brutal. <laughs> they're crazy, dude. Uh, they're nuts. And yeah, Origami Kingdom is saying, I emotionally can't see going and asking for games in a Discord. Was hard enough just getting used to playing randomly online. Again, exactly. Just there are introverts out there that this isn't what they're meant to do. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, you know, obviously the question I've posed to you guys is why haven't a lot of people actually played this game? Uh, but like one of the things that I actually wanted to say was, uh, uh, you know, maybe KOF just needs to actually do something different. Uh, and yeah, it's really interesting because savagery by nature, I'm catching up to some of the, 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 the comments in the chat over here. Anime fighting games are so much more intimidating to get into the things like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and KOF. Honestly, like KOF is not as scary as some of these anime fighters, dude. I mean, you go and fight against Asuka, who knows what the F is happening in that matchup, right? Hell, even fighting against something like like, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to say Happy Chaos, but like Anji. Like, even if you don't know what Anji is doing, you're going to get murdered. If you don't know what Faust is doing, you're going to get murdered. 
KOF is actually strangely more approachable, but I'm telling you, the three character thing is really, really intimidating. And one thing I'll say is that, you know, there are people out there who realize this. You know, uh, Mike Z, when I had conversations with him when he was making Skullgirls, he intentionally made it so that you could do the ratio thing, so that you could play the one character versus the team. Because he said, I don't think, I'm, I'm worried about three characters being intimidating. So I want to give people the option to play one character. And so he actually just tried his best to make sure 1v3 was actually balanced. And it was a thing that he focused on, right? It wasn't like a modern, not modern control, dynamic controls training mode thing, training wheels thing that who cares if one never wins. Like, no, he legit kept trying to make sure that it was viable. And it was really interesting uh, that that's one of the things that he tried to do, but it was something that he understand, that he understood was important, was that the three characters were intimidating. Um, El Zilcho says, two main reasons why I don't play as one. It took like 20 minutes to find a match. Yeah, okay, the matchmaking. Two, I'm really bad at the different types of jumps. Like, I've never been good at the precision to do those. So I feel like I can't really play the game at a decent level because of that. Yeah, that's one of the hard things, too. And that happens, too, when you don't have other bad players. Uh, sorry. When you don't have other rookies to play with. Because if you, don't have, if you had other rookies to play with, you wouldn't feel pressured to go hyper hop crazy all the time. You would learn to use hyper hop occasionally, but as time moves on, you'd be like, wow, this is really strong if I just keep hyper hopping, right? It's really, really important to have other low level players and KOF doesn't have that right now. And again, that's not KOF's fault because that happens to all the fighting games, right? Everything that's not Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken, that happens to. That's why they all become Discord fighters after a while. Um, let's see here. What else have people said? Uh, honestly, I only found out about KOF when Terry got into Smash. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep, that's just uh, the way it works. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Strive was my first fighting game since SNES MK1. I had so much fun online at launch at floor 5 and 6. I tried Exert. I got demolished. Exactly. Exert is now a niche fighter. It's a Discord fighter. There's nobody bad to have to play at your level. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I had the wor I had, uh, so Shay says, I had worst emotional anxiety, uh, back, God, can you go stop this? Okay. Back in 2016 to find people to play Destiny with because it had no matchmaking. The result was I never played Destiny 1 and 2. You need players finding functions inside of games. Yeah. Um... Uh, my two cents, I'm not really a tourney player, says Seiru, so I don't like playing online that much. With KOF, it would be great if there were better single-player content beyond arcade. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, single-player content, but I, I want to talk about something else about that uh, as well. 
uh, 1v1 KOF reboot with Unreal Engine 5. They need to piss off loyal fans to gain many new ones like Strive did. I mean, I said I think Tekken kind of needs to do that. And I don't know. Uh, so far, the heat mechanic seems to have made a lot of people mad. So uh, we'll actually see what happens. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Twitch Graphics says we can put that three-character intimidation to the test when, uh, Children of the Wolves comes out. No, Children of the Wolves is not 3v3, it's 1v1. Twitch Graphics is just saying if more people end up playing Children of the Wolves, that's an indication that the three-character things is really, really scary. But don't Americans love Marvel? Perhaps people just don't like the game. Uh, again, a, a Psyche MD. It's really that arcade culture is different. It's 25 cents. MVC2 got popular in the arcades. KOF is a great arcade game. The ability for people to just walk up and put in a quarter and hit buttons and see things happen was very high. Arcade culture changes everything. This is one of the things that a lot of the veterans in K who, are, who are playing KOF and talking about this don't understand. They are, they are not understanding that time is completely different now. We are not in arcade culture. A lot of these old school uh, KOF players don't recognize the fact that we are in an era where we're playing at home. $60 for a game. There's so much knowledge out there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like the, the, the level of players in Street Fighter online, like overall is so much stronger than back in the Street Fighter 4 days. Like in the Street Fighter 4 days, like the, 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 even, the, even the top ranked players would be kind of n bad compared to what we're doing today. <laughs> Like, the level of play has gotten really high, and so it's hard to be able to get to a point where you can learn the game. It's, it's really, really kind of tired. Oh, City of the Wolves. Thank you, CP Skills. Not Children of the Wolves. I was getting it confused with Children of the Atom. Yes, you're right. You're right. City of the Wolves. My bad. My bad. So... Um, another thing is to add that I'm getting older, my free flexes are getting worse, and my arms are getting badly arthritic and carpal tunnels. It doesn't feel fun losing all the time. Yeah, honestly, doing different ways to do hyper hops. I mean, I talked about that. You don't want to take away the skill, but there's got to be a way to make it a little bit easier to do hyper hops, because right now it's really, really tough. Uh, again, the reason why Butterfly Joe FGC is that KOF doesn't have hot, uh, a, have a hot macro is because it's just never had it, and they're not changing it. It's just that's the way it's been, right? KOF is a legacy fighter, just like Guilty Year was before Strive, just like Tekken was before before Eight. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Tekken Eight feels still pretty similar, so. Uh, but, uh, that's the reason why KOF has never added a hot micro, a macro. Uh, so JNV says, the thing that scares me about MK1 is that it's, it is a bug fest squared for PC. The original console versions are bug fest and the company that did the PC port is not known for. I would rather try KOF than MK1 if I bought one or the other. Yeah, for sure. MK was certainly a rushed product. You can kind of tell it needed more baking. 
And it probably wasn't NetherRealm's decision to release it when they did. Because seriously, it was like, hey guys, we're making this game called MK1. Whoa, let's see the year-long slow, you know, release of information. No, it's coming out in three months. And you're just like, what? So I feel like MK1 came out much faster than it was supposed to. And so, yes, absolutely, it is not doing well right now uh, in terms of a lot of the problems and matchmaking and, and all that stuff like that. So uh, Dr. Cheesesake says, this has inspired me to reinstall KO15 instead of learning three characters. Just mash auto combo when I know it's safe. <laughs> oh, don't talk about X-Men versus Street Fighter Sabretooth, AG42. Uh, Horn Chia asks, uh, says, do fighting game single player modes have basic goon enemies that teach them one or two skills like character action games? That would help with KOF hops. Uh, World Tour does in Street Fighter. There's a lot of characters that just attack only with overheads. Characters attack only with sweeps. Characters that block everything so you have to drive impact them or throw them more, etc., etc. So uh, they've done a good job uh, there. Uh, but in general, no, because there was a period of time where content for fighting games outside of NRS disappeared. Tekken had always had all these cool modes and stuff. Tekken 7 had nothing. <laughs> KOF 15 had nothing. Street Fighter 5 had nothing. <laughs> like there was just a Guilty Gear Exert has nothing. I mean, they they have a story mode, but the story mode is literally you just watching and that's it, right? Like you actually don't even play their story mode. It's literally a nine hour movie in Exert. Uh, so for the longest of time, fighting games just had no content. And honestly, outside of the NRS games, Street Fighter VI is one of the first ones to finally bring back content. And so uh, it's hard to say, do fighting game single player modes have basic goon enemies? Because there haven't been good uh, uh, single player modes. Uh, Leavana says, why am I not playing KO15? This is from a fan perspective and really was excited to dive into it last year as I got back into fighting games thanks to SF6 and EVO. Onboarding is bad and outdated for modern standards. Lack of modes and content outside of ranked and casual. In this day and time, gotta do better with content delivery. Story, single and multiplayer modes, all of it. Lack of optimization beyond overseeing that training room all the time. Not very exciting. Yep, absolutely. Uh, having to go to Discord for matches. These things make it harder to even get a friend or two to try and learn together and have fun. Meanwhile, I have been able to convince at least one in my group to buy, play, and somewhat get into most other current fighters with me. Uh, lack of marketing, and when they did fix matchmaking to provide a push to get people out of Discord into the matchmaking, some kind of marketing initiative to bring people back and bring new people. Oh, they didn't do a good enough job with that for sure uh, as a marketer it's astounding so why spend as much time in kof when i can enjoy sf6 strive grand blue and next week's under night and tekken 8 release it's on them to push people back in with content and marketing uh juga 40k says as a kof lore enthusiast my take is that SNK should approach the story side of the game more since they have a huge pool of characters and stories, so maybe it can make new gamers want to learn them, something like SF6 did with its world tour. 
uh, Forrest says probably was uh, like there's X amount of money for budget and you have Y amount of time. Absolutely. Budget is a huge problem. S&K is a small group. Small, small group. Oh, Grand Blue, you're right. Grand Blue has extra stuff. And yeah, Soul Calibur always had extra stuff and Soul Calibur 6 didn't really have much extra stuff. Like the extra stuff in there was minimal compared to what Soul Calibur used to do. Uh, so yeah, um, why did I never get into KOF 15? I tried, but the matchmaking was terrible. And I am just, the reason why I understand where people are coming from, because I'm the same. I, I even had a New Year's resolution, which was to be a better Discord player. And I just didn't do it. I can't do the Discord thing. I'm such an introvert that I don't want to go and hit people up to play. I just, I don't have the desire and the drive to do that. Like as a person who has ADHD and executive dysfunction and uh, you know, and I, I am an introvert, having to go to discords to find people to play just is that extra barrier for me to not bother trying. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, does the extra stuff in fighting games matter to people though? Doesn't the fighting game really isn't the really about the meat and potatoes? Again, it's about tricking people into learning and playing, right? That's why I've always said I loved break the targets and home run contest before they scrubbed up home run contest. Like melee home run contest is fan freaking tastic, right? Home run uh, the break the targets is great. Uh, a lot of people, and, and again, like my brother never wants to go and play a fighting game online. He'll, he'll never go online and play a fighting game. He just wants to fight and beat the computer and get endings. That's all he wants. He did that with Street Fighter 4. I told him not to buy Street Fighter 5 because he had nothing. He had no way to play the game at all whatsoever and yes desmaku that is the side problem of being a discord fire is some discord servers can kind of be cliquish and inactive right john the automaton says i feel that so much i joined a newbie fight night on discord didn't say a single word in the call couldn't even bring myself to say gg out loud i just typed in the chat exactly people don't understand that the introverts are, 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 and again, fighting ga video games naturally attract introverts. Yes, we're at a point where a lot of A-type people are playing video games, and fighting games have always had a lot of A-type people because of arcades, but a lot of people who play video games are introverts. And this is not their intention to go and go, anybody up for a match? And that's the worst, too, because you come home from work and you're like, I want to play KOF. Anybody up for a match? Sit there, no one responds, no one responds, no one responds. Dinner's ready. All right, the end. Right? You didn't get a chance to play anything, dude. You just, you didn't get to play anything. So literally, <laughs> you just joined the stream and I'm catching strays. I take it you're an introvert as well, little Akiva Games. Uh, uh, CP Skills I says, I love Virtua Fighter for what it is, but it's too easy to find player in other games as opposed to possibly waiting half an hour and possibly still not get a match. 
John the Automaton says, yeah, I got into video games because I sucked at real sports, which all the cool people were into. Um, Sayer says, honestly, I thought the KF15 team online battle would bring me back into online, but it was handled so badly. That's in comparison to the old Kylera MAME six-player hacks of KOF 98. So here's the thing, right? How do we fix this? So what can KOF do, right? KOF needs to have a one-on-one -on -one mode for all of the beginner ranks. It just needs to be one-on-one. -on -one. And until you qualify and get three characters into a, like, let's use the Street Fighter terminology. Let's say you have to get three characters into gold and then gold switches to 3v3. But the only way you can do that is if you get three characters to gold. And if you don't, you're, the single character that you play, you're just stuck in gold forever. You can never level up if you just keep playing the 1v1. So it kind of maybe encourages you to switch to other characters. When you sign up for the online, it should just say, are you, are, do you, are you familiar with this game? Start in gold 3v3 or I'm not familiar in this game. Start in rookie 1v1. Like this is what we need to have in KOF. It needs to encourage you to learn all the different characters and the play and everything. And and, and, and ease you into it and guide you into the game a little bit. And again, allow people to skip that section because you don't want to force people who know how to play the game to have to do that. But then also you need to come up with mechanics to help people learn. Like, for example, Them's Fighting Herds uh, has low jumps in the game. Uh, I don't remember how you input it. I, I, it might have been similar to KOF. But they had mini games. They had a platform game with a spiked ceiling. And so you had to low jump across all the platforms to help you practice how to actually low jump, uh, you know, uh, consistently. These kind of things need to be added to the games. And like people said, people love the KOF characters. Uh, again, look, I, I understand budget, budget, budget. SNK doesn't have this budget. It's a nice thing to say this should be in there. Whether they can implement it or not, very difficult. But story mode, every character's got to have a fairly robust individual story, I think. That's a 1v1 mode. That you literally play the story mode, but you only need to learn one character. Because the other thing that will get people into fighting games more is attachment to characters. Right? Having an attachment to a character will make you want to learn the character a little bit better. One of the hard things about KOF is you jump in here and there's 40 characters. And while that's great to have a fighting game start with a lot of characters, it's hard because you don't know anything about any of these characters. And so if you just start doing these short little story modes for every character, they don't have to be robust story modes. They'll be short little story modes with really fun lore and, you know, just really goofy things that make you really appreciate the character or even serious story. Like Chizuru's story could be like super serious, you know, because, you know, she got the mirror ripped out of her and she had to recover for years and she could have a story talking about that. And if you're a person who really likes that serious kind of thing, you're like, 
like, I really empathize with Chizuru, so I'm going to use this character. Or you're a goofball and you love, you know, watching, you know, one of the, like Joe. Joe's just sitting here mooning everybody and you're like, dude, this is my character. He's a troll. You know, like you want to give people the opportunity to do that. And, you know, beating all the story modes gives you prizes, etc., etc. Uh... So, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that we can't sit here and just make fun of the fact that people are scared of three characters. That's what I see from a lot of the, uh, the veterans. They're like, oh my God, three characters. But like, you know, like, but that's the thing is we have to understand how intimidating it is. Because again, we're all at home. We're playing this at home. And when you're at the arcade, Arcades are meant to be fleeting, right? Like, you're supposed to go to an arcade and play and die. And a lot of games out there, if you took the time to get good at it, you would become an expert and you could one credit, you could one CC Alien versus Predator. You could one CC certain games like that. I mean, I at the at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, I'm playing all these old video games like Tutankhamen and Tempest, and these things are unfair. Like, I just don't even know how people today would even play these games. But the thing about it is, there are people who can't die on those games. Have you ever played Arcade Joust? Do you know how impossible Arcade Joust is? And there are people out there who will never die. And in fact, the people who actually get the best score in Joust never die. And the only way they can get the best score is to get so many bonus lives because the bonus lives never stop that they can go and take an hour nap. And it takes that long for each life to die <laughs> that they can take a nap and come back and keep playing. <laughs> That's how many bonus lives that they obtain. That's how good they can get at these games. But it takes the time and it takes the dedication. And the thing about arcade games is you were never committed to it. If you put a quarter in a game and you hated it or you died right away, you'd be like, screw this, and you walk away. But if you did it and you're like, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this. I'm going to keep playing this because I want to get better at this. It was so different. It's such a different time. And so KOF, when it came out, was like, you don't just play one character. You get to play three characters. This is sick. You're not stuck on one character. And you're like, dang. I can use the schoolgirl and this cool, cooler than cool guy with this purple hair. And then I could also use this big giant dude who like grapples you and throws you around. I'm in. Let's do this. And then you played it and you're like, haha, having fun. And then the first character dies and you go to the next. And you're like, this is cool. I get to play three different characters. Then you get to the fourth CPU and the CPU just reads your inputs and destroys you because it's an SNK game. And after you lose, you're like, that was fun. And you either walked away or you were like, that was cool. What are these other characters like? But nowadays, you don't have that option. How do you do that for KOF? You don't. You can't. And that's why I had that show 
a few weeks ago where I was like, we need to have an arcade mode on Steam where you could buy a credit for a game just to play it and then not have to dedicate anything to it. It was really, really, really hard. Uh, it's really hard to play KOF just to try it out. Which is why the free version of Grand Blue Versus, by the way, by the way, seems to be working really well. More people actually are playing on the paid version than the free version, which means it's converting a lot of people. Maybe KOF just needs to have a free version out there, honestly. Uh, 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 you know, just, just a demo version to play. Maybe that is actually something that they need to do. Because right now, you have to understand that the three character thing is an intimidation. It is something that scares people because also we understand that fighting games are more serious now. A lot of people who went to go play those fighting games, they thought they were button mashers, right? They weren't, so I, literally my friend told me a story about a dude who walked up to play Alpha 3 and he was like, oh, who's this guy? This guy came in with a business suit. He was in a tie, whatever. And then he went and he picked Armika. And he, my friend was like, whoa, this guy must really know what he's doing because he picked Armika. So, you know, that's like, you know, you have to kind of know what you... And what did the guy did? He held down and hit roundhouse and did slide, 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 slide. That's all he did for the entire credit that he played. <laughs> Nowadays, we understand that that's not what fighting games are about. And so if you're interested enough to go and play a game like KOF, you know that business class, exactly. I was gonna call it business class, but no one was gonna get that except Investigation Co. Um, but like, honestly, like, uh, like you're, you're just not, you're, you know that's not what you're supposed to do when you buy a fighting game these days, right? And so when you play KOF and you're like, my God, I need to learn three characters, it's tough. Now, having said all that, I still think probably the thing holding KOF back the most is the graphics. I really just do. I really just do. If the game looked better, I think more people would play it, honestly. <laughs> graphics are so important. It's, it's just, it's... Uh, it's just, it's just, graphics are just important. Uh, can arcade be replicated virtually in today's age? Not like Battle Hub, like a separate service outside of the game. That's what my stream was a month ago, John, the automaton. I was saying that maybe Steam might want to even think about doing that so that you just spend credits on a game to play it for, like have games have an arcade mode on them. Clearly there's more than that. Like obviously a lot of games out there aren't going to have that ability. But for a lot of games out there that are like obviously something like Red Dead Redemption, you can't have an arcade mode on that. But let's just say it's something like uh, Hi-Fi Rush comes out, you know, uh, you know, No More Heroes, just have an arcade mode on it where you just progress through levels and just keep fighting things, you know, shoot shmups will have that, you know, and after you spend like uh, $5 on the game, you can get $5 off the game to buy it. You know, like, and so it, it just kind of helps people get into it a little bit more. I think that would actually be really nice, but I, I, it's, it'll be a hard system 
to make work. Uh, Twitch Graphics says, didn't Tech and Revolution do something similar about buying credits to play a free game? Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, I don't think they went in hard enough on it, though. And, and also, there was a lot of experimentation with that game. It was not just an experiment on the way to play the game. But the game was also very different. They had invincible moves. They introduced the armor moves. And that's where they put Eliza in so that she actually played more like a Street Fighter character. I think they needed... We need to have an experiment with that with something like Tekken 8 or Street Fighter 6. Like a game like that needs to have that experiment. Not hey, this is a weird Tekken. Because then everybody in the Tekken community was like, what is this? I don't like this. And so people shunned it, right? It, people stayed away from it. Uh, little Akiba Games says, whenever I explain KOF to someone new to the series, I just play up the matchup-based nature of fighting games until I think of teams as a form of deck building. That's a really cool way to, to do that, actually. Uh, Sir Serpa says, arcades were a forced environment. The ability to choose between a billion free games means can find a game to be good at much easier. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just like there's so many games out there to play. And, and, and that's another thing that makes it hard for people to get into KOF because there's just a million games to play. You know, a lot of people are like, but that's the thing. You have to learn to have the patience to get good at fighting games. You have to, and, 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 and. We're in an era where people are coming home from work and they just wanna, they just, pardon my French, they just wanna fuck around. They don't wanna take it seriously. They're tired, their brain is fried. We can't expect to force people to, into these fighting games to play like this. Because they're just not into it. <laughs> That's just not what they're here for. You know, the people who are going to want to do that in fighting games, they're the ones that you're going to, um, you know, that obviously they're the ones that are going to try. But they're rare. But that's the key. You want them to have fun so that they become hardcore players. That's the, that's the thing. Uh, KOF doesn't necessarily need to look better, but distinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, you can definitely stylize it. So I've said this, like Dragon Ball Fighters and like Guilty Gear Exert. Like Strive looks better than Exert, right? But is Exert ever going to look bad? It's never going to look bad. It's never going to look bad. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters is never going to look bad. <laughs> like, both of those games are future-proof. Like, they will look great forever. <laughs> and that's kind of what we need to do uh, with uh, a lot of these, you know, like something like KOF. This, I mean, that is why the Switch is such a good console. When people are making fun of Switch 2 having PS4 graphics, good. <laughs> Stop forcing devs to spend a billion dollars on graphics and let's just make good looking games and uh, with style and have fun. Honestly, um, uh, let's see here. What else are people saying? Uh, back in the early 90s on the SNES, games were really cheaply hard too though. The home versions were hard AF. Yeah, they were, but again, 
they had to be. They, they were designed to last long so that it was worth spending the $60. If you bought a game and you beat the game in like two hours, it's just like you feel like you wasted your money. And so a lot of people, that was what, and again, $60 for a game back then was expensive. Uh, that's why I dropped KOF. It made a bad impression, so I played something I liked instead. Death by Poke. Uh, what was the bad impression? What was the bad impression? Um, Leavana, they don't want to see a single bit of frame data. Dude, this is exactly why I said don't put the frame data as just straight up numbers in the game. And everybody got mad at me. They're like, are you kidding? We have to have frame data. And I was like, there are better ways to present it. And while the frame meter is still scary in Street Fighter VI, it is still a much better way to present frame data than numbers has ever been. People got to make dinner, do laundry, want to be good at guitar or art or whatever. Nobody has to get good at fighting games. Exactly. Uh, I honestly think that SF6 World Tour Mode is such a great funnel to show people the FGC world. And the Battle Hub too, Blue Fire. Honestly, I think the Battle Hub is fantastic because it's just a bunch of people... You know, um, again, part of my French. I don't know why these are the only words that are coming to my mind, but these are, they're just a bunch of people dicking around in the battle hub. It's just like you play, you run into someone that kicks your ass, you get up and you run to another machine. You see all these people dressed like like crazy, you know? It's like, it's actually kind of nice. I, I like that. I like the battle hub. Um, uh, yeah, that's why Smash is cool. You can just F around with it and leave. Uh, does KOF have a modern style like SF? No, I think that would really help new players actually play and get better. It does not, unfortunately. So, uh, SNS Batman. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Graphics are temporary. Art style is eternal. 100% John the Automaton. 100%. Yeah, and that is another problem, too, with KOF. The fact that KOF 13, so Gun Jehudi Kai says, the fact that KOF 13 was deemed popular enough for a re-release and people bought it proves the point on the graphics. That is one of the hard things. And this is one of the reasons why MVCI died, right? The previous game looked better. <laughs> KOF 13, to most people, still think it looks better than KOF 15. Now, obviously... Your mileage will vary depending on who you are. There's definitely a lot of people out there who didn't like the way KOF 13 looked, right? But, uh, you know, MVCI didn't look as good as MVC3. MVC3 looks better than MVCI. And the fact that KOF 13 still has the reputation for being such a great-looking game and thus being better-looking than 15 is a problem. It really, really kind of is. Uh, Ignacio Corto asked, what is the best-looking game on in the NES? Oh, I thought you said SNES, the NES. Best-looking game on the NES. Wow, that's a tough one. SNES, I would say Super Mario World 2. Uh, Sir Serpa says, KOF is also fiercely holding on to old character designs that don't translate well in modern culture. Yeah, that one might be a little subjective. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not. Some of those SNES cartridges were $90, dude. It's crazy. Chron Chrono Trigger? Dude, holy crap. Um, old games had rentals. That's right. We used to be able to rent games from Blockbuster. That was a big deal, too. 
That was a huge, not from Blockbuster. We used to be able to rent games from my parents' video store. Screw Blockbuster. Support the mom and pop shops. Uh, oh, you hate the Battle Hub? You're, you probably don't qualify for the intermediate Battle Hub, do you, Lurker Spine? Uh, the Battle Hub does more for the culture than anything that has happened inside of a fighting game in the last 20 years. Yeah, I think so. Um... Oh, you're in platinum, so yeah, you're already in the harder one. Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, KOF 15 just doesn't look sexy. Yeah, KOF doesn't need modern; just needs another control method for hops. I think that's true. Uh, perhaps Sega needs to merge like a dragon, formerly Yakuza, with Virtua Fighter, but making the Yakuza, like a dragon segment analogous to SF6 World Tour. It'd be interesting if they tried to do that, but Yakuza is a really powerful way to get people into Virtua Fighter. Like the fact that they have Virtua Fighter in all the arcades and all the Yakuza games is something, but if, yeah, if they started to merge those two together even stronger and just put the Yakuza characters in Virtua Fighter, oh, you've got yourself something going. You got yourself go something going. <laughs> KOM 15 training room is why I noped out. Everyone's just playing on the training mood, yep. Uh... You said it best. A, ga a game nowadays, especially fighting games, need to be flashy, not just for players, but also for viewership, which also introduces the game to a bigger audience. It's so funny. Uh, one of my friends works at the University of Advancement, Advancing Tech uh, in Arizona, where he actually teaches programming. Uh, I went to go visit him and to get uh, his school to pay for my flight. He asked me to give a speech. He asked me to give a presentation at the school, which some of the kids were excited about because some of them knew who I was. And my presentation slides boot was exactly that. I was like, nowadays, you, if you intend for esports, you have to design a game that is exciting to watch just as much as it is, is as fun to play. And I was, you know, which is why I was never anti-combo meter and counter in Guilty Year and the wall splat and stuff like that. Because that appeals to viewers a lot. That actually makes it very important. And I know Capcom took that to heart too, which is why you have the drive impact and all the crazy paint sprays going around everywhere all over the place. But there was a uh, an esports game that I played a beta version of, and I was talking about this. I was like, when you watch it, you can't tell what's going on. Like, things need to be highlighted more. Things need to be more pronounced, etc., etc. When you design an esports game, it has to be as fun to watch as it is to play, maybe even more so, right? Ice hockey took away the, uh, the icing, the, 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 the blue line, right? If I'm not mistaken, was it the red line they took away, right, to make the game faster? Basketball changed all their rules to make higher scoring games, etc., etc. They don't call travels anymore. You know, stuff like that. Like they viewership is important, man, and it's really important for that. It uh really really isn't is important for stuff like that. So, I think the KOF core audience would revolt if anything resembling modern was introduced. It was the cause of a lot of indigestion in Street Fighter. And honestly, I think Capcom got off kind of easy thinking back to what the SF community has been like in years gone by. 
Yeah, it's true, but you know what you would have to just probably do is find ways to make it a little bit fair, right? Like, you know, maybe you make it so that, you know, if you have a hyper hop mechanic, all of your attacks done out of hyper hop do less damage. I don't know. Something like that. <clears throat> um Let's see, Super Aleste on the SNES, Space Megaforce in the US. I don't remember that game. KO's combo breakers are fun to watch. Yeah, they are. And when you get the, the counter breaker, dude, was so good. Oh my God. Uh, being able to understand what's happening on screen is super important. There's a part of me that thinks the big freezes in SF6 are just one step too far but that may be just a personal taste kind of thing. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the big freezes, but you know, as commentators, like they're easy moments to get hype about. You see a perfect parry. Oh, we got the perfect parry, you know? Like, honestly, like it's, it's really important, honestly. Uh, MVC3, you don't know what's happening, but it's fun to watch, exactly. Someone actually talked, I think it was Mike Z actually, who was talking to me one time, he was like, when he was making Skullgirls and I was helping him with Skullgirls, I was like, dude, like, you gotta do better with this animation. Like, the animations that he showed me early on were not good. And I was like, you have to have Snap and all the stuff. And I was like, look at MVC3. And he was like, MVC3 is awful. You can't see what's going on. There's just effects everywhere. And I was like, you're wrong. Like, that's what makes it great. Uh, even though you can't necessarily tell like what X-23 is doing with her super, it ends with her doing this kick and she freezes like this. And I was like, it's all about keyframes. The keyframes are what make you able to read what's going on. I told him that I really didn't think, uh, what's her name? Uh, one of the characters, the character who can move the screen around, uh, she has the striped shirt. And I actually said that, uh, Squiggly, I actually told Mike, I was like, I get it. This is what the character looks like. Giving them a striped shirt is a really, really bad idea because some of the poses get lost. I was like, you might have to try to convince, you know, Alex Ahad to not have the striped shirts for Squiggly. Obviously that never happened. But again, these are things that you have to think about. You have to understand. I, for most of the lifetime of Skullgirls, I kept telling Mike, I was like, dole out the background, make the characters pop more. Because when Skullgirls first came out, it was really hard to see the characters. The backgrounds blended with the characters really badly. Um... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I've talked about, Lurker Spine says, I've talked about how G Strive got big by not being so concerned about the hardcore audience. Absolutely. It's the second highest entrance ever at EVO. <laughs> Had 2,600 entrance at EVO this last year. I don't think Daisuke is really sad right now about the success of it. And again, shout outs to Arxis for putting rollback into Exert and really, really, really doubling down on the, hey, look, if you want to play the old game, play the old game. So good. So again, Arxis honestly putting rollback into Exert is still, in my opinion, one of, if not, the best, like, like, what is the term I'm thinking of again? Like the, the building of trust in your fan base. 
that I, that I think has ever happened in fighting games. It was so, like, we just released Exert. We want everyone to play Exert instead of our most recent game. But if you like the most recent game, go play it anyway. Like, they actually buffed the recent game instead of hoping to force you to play the new game. It, goodwill, goodwill, thank you. It is the biggest goodwill gesture from a fighting game dev that I think I have ever seen. It's so great. I think it's so, so great, uh, honestly. Uh, building goodwill is such a powerful tool, so... Oh man, uh, Capcom to stick the SF6 net code in 30th USF4 and SF5. They need to get code mystics to do that, uh, at least for the 30th anniversary one. Uh, USF4 and Street Fighter V, that would probably, they would have to do it themselves. But USF4 deserves it, 100%. USF4 needs a rollback update, honestly. So, yeah, MVCI had great net code, but it didn't matter. But again, I, we've gotten to a lot of topics. I really, really, really want to emphasize the, the you need to have a large availability of other rookies to play against. Good net code, other rookies to fight against are the two most important onboarding features for all fighting games, in my opinion. I really, really think these things are super, super, super important. <clears throat> I did watch the Ed teaser. I talked about it a little bit uh, in the previous segment. Uh, but, again, but again, like, how do you fix that, though? So if you are a KOF fan, how do you fix this? How do you, how do, you do it right? I don't know. I don't know. You have to create the right Discord... You have to get it publicized and you have to curate that discord to the best of your ability. You have to have good moderation on the discord. Uh, I, I kind of want to turn the Chenzer Dynasty discord into this. I talked about it before that I really want to just create crazy matchmaking stuff, but I know there's a lot of discords out there like that, so I don't know if it's actually going to take off or if people actually use it, but do you guys actually feel like uh, I can help with it? Well, so does it need fixing? Can't the community just be niche? Ask Sir Serpa. So the problem is that a lot of the old school players, me included, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of it now. I'm, I'm, I can't like, just living in a niche world is, is just, I, I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. And so a lot of the people who are KOF veterans, they're the ones who are most complaining about why aren't people playing KOF. They're tired of seeing Capcom with these million-dollar prizes and big numbers and all this stuff, and KOF just keeps languishing. A lot of the new players, they're like, whatever, I'm having fun with this. But a lot of these long-term players, man... Oh, God, it's just, you've been playing this game for 20 years, and it gets old, dude. It, it, being a niche gets old, <laughs> honestly. It, it really does. It really does. And so I understand that a lot of people don't want it to stay niche. I understand a lot of people don't want it to stay niche because, look, here's the thing. They love the game. They genuinely love the game. 
and it sucks that they can't get the people to love the game with them. It sucks. It hurts. I mean, when you see a good movie, all you want to do is talk to somebody about this movie. Like, if you, like, you know, if you saw, like, Endgame when it first came out, first thing you want to do is just find somebody else who's seen Endgame so you can talk about it. But if you see this neat, like, this indie film that's just amazing, and nobody else in the world has seen it, and you're like, I really want to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> it sucks. And so that's what a lot of these players are doing. You want to go to Evo and be hype about KOF and just have everybody playing KOF, etc., etc. The reason why Evo is so great is because it draws in thousands of people who have the same hobby as you. The one time I went to, the first time I went to AGDQ, it's interesting because, yes, the stereotype exists, right? A lot of the kids that were there at AGDQ were very socially awkward people, right? I mean, like I said, video games catered to introverts. There is that uh, stereotype there, but you know what? When they were all in the same room together, they weren't socially awkward anymore. Like, I could tell you that in a normal social environment, they would have trouble. But at AGDQ, they were having the time of their lives. They were talking to other people who understood what they were passionate about. They were never worried somebody would make fun of their hobbies. It was such an eye-opening experience for me to be at that AGDQ because I saw that. I was like, you know what? There's actually, like, these kids, they're not socially awkward when they're put in the environment with other people that enjoy the same shit that they enjoy. And that's what was so cool to see. And so... Again, if you're a KOF fan, you're t you, you get sick of being niche. You want to hear the Say Jams, the James Chens, the Yipeses, the, 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 you know, the, the Tasty Steves. You want to see all these guys talking about your game and playing your game. You want to see Justin Wong, Maximilian playing your games and stuff like that because you want to see that love being spread. It's really, really, it's, it's hard. And so, yes, I totally get why a lot of people, uh, oh, I, I got there. The way that I could only get a ticket for AGDQ was by volunteering to be a host, Gundam Jehudi Kai. That was my only way I could get in. So that's why I was a host. And that's why I was a donation reader at AGDQ. Uh, <laughs> Uh, little Occupy Games says, I feel this as a VF guy personally. I'm really excited because VF6 looks inevitable now, but I'm low-key dreading what Sega might feel okay doing to it in order to expand the audience. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to do combos in KOF and learning more than one character is a lot at the beginning, but that's just me. It's not just you, Noxo. Uh, in fact, we were talking about that early. Almost everybody has said one of the things that turns them off is the three-character problem. And that's why I said when you play ranked online, it should start with rookie and, and you, you play 1v1 until you get to gold. Until you get to gold and then you're stuck in gold and you'll never grow in gold. 
until you get two other characters to gold. And then as soon as you get three characters to gold, you're allowed to play the 3v3 once you get to that point. It'd be a great way to onboard players and just have it so that when you first go to rank, it just says, are you a beginner or are, do you know how to play KOF? You say, I know how to play KOF. You're gold, go 3v3. I don't, I'm new to KOF. Boom, 1v1, rookie. You have to build three characters up to gold and then you can play. It's really kind of important kind of thing to do something like that. So yeah, it cannot be understated how important the social value of going to a major is to be surrounded by people who fucking get it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, uh, honestly, it's so important to be around people who love the things that you do. It really is. Uh, I'm going to be kind of honest. I look at how big GG has gotten, and I kind of don't want that for KOF. Yeah, I mean, again, there are the people who do prefer to have their thing be niche, for sure. Again, I'm not saying one way is right and one way is wrong. Uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with feeling that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um uh, but again, you know, you got guys like Gibby and Hell Pockets and Meta Abe and, you know, all these guys who have been playing KOF forever. And it would be nice to try to win like $20,000 for playing KOF. It'd be kind of neat. Kind of neat, you know, honestly. Uh, it's funny how Gentle Snow said, it's funny how a fighting games community will beg for more players, then turn around and whine when there's an influx of players. <laughs> like every streamer has reacted to Evo Moment 37. My favorite was a coworker of mine. I told him that I do all these fighting game stuff. And he was like, yo, have you seen this video before where like someone does this thing where he, and I was like, dude, if the camera panned over two more feet, I was standing right there. I was literally right there next to Seth when he was recording that. Oh, man. Um, let's see. Not going to lie, the only reason I'm kind of into KOF is because I had a Korean flatmate back in the day and we just played so many games from 2001 to 2003 in Neo Wave. Yeah. Again, friends. It's friends. Friends. It's so important. But like I said, it's tough for a lot of introverts out there. And so, again, having the right Discord, having a very moderated Discord, and having a good way to find people of your level is really, really, really important. Uh, will be interesting to see when GG Strive gets 3v3 this year. It's going to be a gimmick mode. I don't think anybody's really going to pay attention to it, to be honest with you. Uh, Elon on Best of, Fee show said, Best of Five show says, Automatic and I were talking about it on Tuesday. It's getting tougher and tougher and tougher to justify going to majors for some of us. But the big things that kept it a priority for me is the social aspect. Absolutely. I've been talking about that too. I, I literally said on Twitter one time, I was like, good online netcode is killing majors. And dude, I got shit on so badly because a lot of people didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that because they didn't want to hear that there was any bad side to good netcode. And I got shit on by so many people. And I was like, look, if you guys don't think about this now, if you don't acknowledge it now, 
It's only going to be that much more problematic in the future. If we tackle this now, if we know now and we try to find ways to make it so that offline majors are more fun to go to and make it more of a viewer spectacle, we can actually head it off at the pass. Just like what I said, what if Tekken players made a controller where the left and right buttons could be accessed on the with the right hand because then you can do electric god with fist for free and everyone's like that'll never happen we just would ban it whatever then the cross-up came out and then everybody in tech and community was confused and i was like i said this a year ago i said this a year ago anyways uh let's see uh matthew mangy art says that uh i love kof i've barely played the new one though i don't have anyone to play yep uh that's it street fighter 6 you've got plenty of people to play so it's always easier to play it's always easier to play uh example i went to the last evo and i got closer to the rival schools community in the process that's so cool seiru x that's cool Yeah, you remember that, Gundam Jody Kai? The Twitter drama were just responses of, what about Evo, Combo Breaker, and CEO? I was like, dude, dude, like, those are clearly the exceptions. Uh, honestly, though, isn't good netcode better since it helps the general players have better experience when they buy the game? Yeah. Oh, good netcode is, will always be good. There will never be a reason to not have it. But the truth is that it will hurt. Off, offline events. Because again, if you're punk, do you want to go to Texas Showdown? And let's be kind, and let's say Texas Showdown gets 2,000 entrants for Street Fighter VI, right? It's $10 per entry or whatever. Actually, 2,000 is a lot. <laughs> I don't think it would get 2,000 entrants. But let's just say you get 70% of that, right? And then does that cover all of your flight and your hotel? Or are you better off staying at home and restreaming it and getting subs or playing in online tournaments at home and getting subs and winning without traveling and getting money, right? Like, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this. Oh, man. Mmm. Uh... Let's see, uh, you think as VR develops, the offline experience of visiting majors could be replicated online to some extent? It'll be really hard, really, really hard. Uh, I know after going to tourneys for so long, since, uh, since I was 16 to 17, yeah. Some players got spoiled by netcode, yeah. I have a low tolerance for going to poorly ran events. Oh, yeah, there's lots of those. At least I ho- at home I can do something with my time. Problem is you won't know if an event is poorly run until you get there, true. Uh, like Aquaman said, it's a hobby first. Yes. And may not even put the run, but just believe it to be. Even the bit of revenue split from the ads on top of the bits and subs would make it more beneficial to stream instead. Yeah. Uh, Slicebooth says it depends on whether you want to be a pro player that streams or a streamer that plays. So Serpus says Combo Breaker had 351 entrants for Street Fighter V last year as a point for reference. Right. Uh, J and V says sponsor team want players to travel and show ads on their jersey. Yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, that's the thing. How do we get sponsored players if they're all playing at home and we never get to see them, right? So it's kind of crazy. 
Can offline events expand to have panels and art and become more FTC conventions rather than just tournaments? A lot of them are doing that already, Matthew, uh, Matthew or Doc Helmet. A lot of them are doing that. Combo Breaker's doing that. CEO's doing that. Evo has lots of panels and artists and stuff like that. But most events can't afford to do that, right? That's just, the, it's just that's hard. It's hard. Uh, Best of V Show, Elon says, to be honest, though, I think we need to change the tournament experience both offline and online. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old and shitty, but a lot of time is spent waiting by everybody. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, it's doubly bad in online tournaments. Yeah, because online problems. Uh, it's, it's just the way online is. But that's why it's always funny when I'm doing the CPT online, when the guy who loses the first match has to wait forever to play the next match. I always like to see how their, uh, <laughs> their online points, their rank points change. Because they're just playing ranked all day. Oh, man. Uh, even if you do want to go to offline events, the prize pools just don't justify it half the time. Yeah, so CP Skill says, Gentle Snow says, we're not at the point where players should think about tournament payouts as a way to make a good living until the scene grows much more. Exactly, and that goes back to what Sir Serpa asked about, isn't it okay being niche? This is the thing, right? As long as it remains niche, it will always be stagnant. And you know, we do want to get to the point where people can travel. I mean, honestly, it's hard to argue that during those times during Street Fighter 4 and 5 when people were actually traveling and building up those points and those CPT circuits and we had those point tables and everybody went to CEO to gain points and then everyone went to SCM and then everyone went to, you know, UFA and then everyone went, like, that was a pretty awesome time for fighting games, honestly. It was a pretty awesome time. Uh, yeah, you don't want to combine FGC with existing conventions. You want to turn your FGC event into a convention. <laughs> Blue Fire says, I entered TNS yesterday and my third match player couldn't be found for about 20 minutes, but the jerk was just playing ranked on his own stream, so that problem is getting compounded online. No, that sucks. Uh, go to tourneys to enjoy the social and competitive aspects and as outreach to show how great fighting games are to potential players. Yeah. Uh, Sir Serpa says, the problem is this convention being framed around everyone making a career out of it, going to tournaments. Uh, Best of Visho says, Steve retired, so now we will never have someone who keeps track of that as well. Yeah, there was the one guy who tried to take over, but I haven't seen him do much with that. Uh, Slysboo says, I think, everything off, I think with everything offline... Events offer it would be okay if they charge more for a larger price pool, prize pool. And, you know, you say that, but Evo has always run polls. They're like, if we raise the entry fee to every game from $10 to $20, would that stop you from going to Evo? A lot of people are like, yeah, man, that would make it too expensive. And I'm like, if you enter three games, it's 30 more dollars. Like, I'm broke, boy, and I understand that $30 is a lot of money uh, for me these days. But dude, like, how much are you spending going to Evo? Like, is 30 extra dollars if you entered three games going to make a difference? But everybody says, yeah, that would, that would cut it. Like, I wouldn't be able to go anymore. So I don't know. Like, they just haven't done it. So um, Lurker Spine says, I mean, we can also look at, say, something like Magic the Gathering. They went from focusing a lot on pro players and pro tournaments, and they, and they pivoted from that to turning their big pro tournaments into conventions and sponsoring content creator streamers and trying to grow the game that way because the casual market was a lot better way to grow the game. Yep. 
why is Evo Entry that cheap? Uh, so again, it's a lot of money for the venue fee, but every game is $10. Uh, and so the prize pool is always number of entrance times 10. Uh, it's just cheap that way because that's what it was early on and nobody wants to make it go up. Uh, I mean, zero disrespect to the T.O. and Dragon Runs with answer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, offline events have so many issues to deal with, just the rising expenses just to have one, not to mention lack of profitability for all that work. Yeah, Combo Breaker and CEO aren't making money. <laughs> they aren't making money and the pandemic... Fuck them up, dude. Like, having those years booked and having to cancel them? Dude, dude, dude. Do you know how much money these guys lost for that, dude? Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, I feel like for me, if I entered a tournament, I immediately go 0-2, so I'd be happier if it is cheaper. See, that's another thing, too. A lot of people, you know, you raise the, the, the prize pool. That's benefiting literally maybe 5% of the people who enter. Right? So, uh, people said no, they would still go with the event hike. They might. Mm, did you see the Jabaley tweet? Which Jabaley tweet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was talking about the uh, venues and stuff. He said, I try to remain positive because I know what it does uh, for others. But after seeing some internet quotes for venues this week in 2024, I'm starting to rethink my future life decisions as an event organizer. Anywhere good is no longer friendly for small businesses. I'm fighting. And yeah, and again, this happened because of the pandemic. A lot of these uh, venues were like, shit, we lost all this money during the pandemic. So they raised all their prices. It's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, heck, for a long time, my local weeklies kept getting hounded on for the $10 venue fee. Yeah. Uh, Jay Chenzo, uh, JNV was, says, uh, somebody also needs to pay for security. Too many idiots are charging the stages lately, right? <laughs> Jesus, all that stuff that's been happening in the EU, dude, it's crazy. Oh, man. But in any case... I've been talking about this topic for like an hour and a half. I, I said this was going to be a short stream today. <laughs> I lied. I lied. Who, who knew? I mean, like everybody knew this was going to happen. I always talk forever about this thing. Oh, time stamping this one is going to be fun. Oh, boy. It's going to take me two hours to time stamp this. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, it is. Uh, it is. Um, dude. I wonder if there's a solution where we bring our own internet. Blue Fire, do you know that Evo talks to the city of Vegas? They talk to the main internet hub of the city so the city can dedicate more bandwidth to Evo to have backups of backups of backups, etc., etc. Do you know how much money that costs? Like, it's not just, hey, let's just run this on that. Dude, it is so expensive <laughs> to do something like that. Dude, it's nuts, dude. It is absolutely nuts. So, well, the reason why they got the key to the city, Death by Poke, is because a lot of people don't understand this, but summer is the off-season in Vegas, because it's 120 degrees. Literally, kitty, 
you know, on the Synchronized Show, talked about how her shoes melted on the asphalt at Vegas. Nobody goes to Vegas in the summer. It is the off-season because it's so goddamn hot. And Evo has now consistently brought in thousands of people in the summer every year. Vegas loves Evo, okay? Vegas loves Evo. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, every time I walk outdoors during Evo, I'm just like, <gasps> Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, man. I mean, they're doing better with, like, cool things. Evo was giving away those I went 0 and 2 bands <laughs> one year and stuff like that. I think that is a really cool thing. So, and honestly, honestly, even though it doesn't feel like it, like once you get to Evo, they gouge you like with the water and food unless you know where to look and stuff like that. But honestly, hotels want you to go there. The airlines are subsidized by the casinos. It's actually one of the cheapest places to fly to and some of the cheapest hotels in Vegas. So honestly, it's actually still one of the cheaper places to hold an event like that. It's, it's really cool, honestly. Dude, the, 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 the Chipotle tickets that they gave out during Evo 2, if you made it out of pools, you got those Chipotle tickets. It's actually really cool. No, 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 never. Uh, Puto Tyrannosaurus, ooh, Tyrannosaurus, ooh, says FGC events probably need to pivot to an invitational only type format like other esports. Grassroots not sustainable. I will, I will never, ever, ever, ever want that. I am okay with having both. I am, uh, I, I'm definitely okay with having both, but. Stuff like Evo, CEO, Combo Breaker, it's the arcade culture. You put up a quarter, you can play. You put in your entry fee, you can play. You put in the same entry fee as Daigo. Like, it's really, really important because that's also how we find the Zens, the Ending Walkers, and all the other people who show up out of nowhere and just start kicking ass. That's the way fighting games have always meant to be, and I, and, I, and I will always fight for that. As long as I am involved in the scene, I will be fighting for that. Now, having said that, we do need invitationals, especially run by teams like Red Bull, because Red Bull Kumite has been awesome, and they always do a wonderful job being the fighting game community instead of, hey, we're Red Bull, you do things our way. No, they're like, hey, we're Red Bull, we have budget, so let's see what you guys do as the FGC and let's just do that with a budget. And so, like, I am totally down for invitationals, definitely down for invitationals, but I never want it to become the primary thing. Never want to uh, uh, do the primary thing. Right, like Arslan Ash, right? Like, he proved himself by going to Evo Japan and winning. He flew himself out to Evo Japan, got trapped in the airport because nobody could speak his language, 
and we've, I don't even know how he made it out of the airport. I really honestly have no idea how he made it out of the airport, but he got to Evo and he won. <laughs> And that was it. Like, seriously. And now, Iceland Ash has made a bunch of money and is the most celebrated player in Tekken history. That doesn't happen with invitationals. Uh, uh, I remember before they moved to Vegas, there was a random comment pound Capcom about how they should move Evo there just to take the Japanese players to see Wayne Newton. And then it took a life of its own. I remember the year that Wizard told me they were going to Evo. And I made the trailer for Evo, and, I, and the ending of the trailer was, but wait, there's more. Evo is moving to Vegas. And I was using the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, F-Zero GX soundtrack for that. Oh, man. I work in other esports as best of E-Show, CDL, Owl, Pokemon, Unite. They're all unsustainable. Yep. Uh, there needs to be an influx of people of interest. Open brackets are such a good way of doing that. And not only that, but being good commentators. Being good commentators. Again, I, I, I know everything I say about it sounds bitter, but that's why I'm really good at Evo Top 8 commentary. Because when I do Evo Top 8 commentary, I... I relate it to people. I try to get people to find their favorites, to learn to root for these guys. I try to get people attached to the people who are on the stage. Because that's how you get people into the scene. That's how Evo is a different audience. If I'm commentating Capcom Cup Top 8, yes, it's going to be a lot of technical talks. It's going to be a lot of frame data stuff. If I'm doing Evo Top A, I have a completely different set of commentary rules for myself. And that's so important for an event like Evo. Uh, so important uh, for Evo. Um, I will be at Frosty. I will be at Frosty at AG42. Um, <laughs> oh, little Akiba Games, you actually live in Vegas. That's cool. <laughs> and yeah, and when you talk to Red Bull too, their goal is not to make money. They actually say they intend to lose money. You know, that's not the point of Red Bull doing these events. The point is the culture of building up stuff, of supporting things and just seeing what sticks kind of in a way. They enjoy supporting these cultures. That's why they do the off biking the, the guy who jumped from space the you know all the things that they've done like they're really really uh big fans of just trying to promote the culture out there and yeah building their brand so it's really really great it's really awesome to see what they do honestly so um let's see Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, you buy me some of that popcorn? Yo, yo, I never get a chance to go and buy that popcorn. That popcorn is ridiculous, dude. Oh, my God. Street Fighter website is now posting Matt's up chart with lots of useful statistics. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, are you on Twitter, uh, JNV? Can you just paste me a link so my ADHD brain will remember? Uh, really appreciate it if you can do that. Uh, Popcorn Baron, yes, exactly. 
Uh, uh, oh, you're in northern Utah. Oh, but it's still really quick to get to Vegas. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Popcorn Baron is amazing, dude. I love that he basically got his start at Combo Breaker, and now it's just a full-on online business. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Steve stood for two hours to get Popcorn and Combo Breaker 2022. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, that's brutal. Oh, cool. Thank you, JNV. Thank you. I'll have this uh, open and hopefully I'll remember about it. So, anyways, obviously we can talk about this forever. A lot of good discussion here. And I should just do streams where we just talk like this more. It's really fun. I love talking with you guys and, and just, you know, shooting the shit and bouncing ideas off of each other and stuff like that. I think it's really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you guys for just hanging out with me in here. Had a great time. This is a great conversation. Hour and a half conversation. Stream, <laughs> YouTube's viewers are going to be like, what, what the, why is this, why is, why is this like freaking like seven bazillion people in here? What is going on? But, uh, it should, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Any case, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call it a night here because I do need to edit this. At least this one, I don't need to timestamp until tomorrow. <laughs> I can timestamp the first ones a little bit easier. So we'll do that. But, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching and everything like that. Yeah. Thank you for stopping by little Akiba games. Really enjoyed, uh, you guys, you, you hanging out here and everything like that. So, uh, oh, there's another link over there. Uh, 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 thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really fun slice. I'll talk about the edit trailer next week uh, because I'm hoping maybe we'll get some gameplay trailer or something. I'll, I'll leave it a little bit because honestly, off of what we got uh, so far, we know nothing. It's just the world tour intro video. And so I, I, I want to know more. I want to know more before I really talk more about Ed. So. In any case, yeah, it's hard to get into fighting games. KOF with three characters is tough, and we need to talk about these things. We need to understand it. We can't, and we have to realize times are different. It was a lot easier back in the day, yes, for three characters to be a draw. Like, for you to be like, yo, three characters? I get to try three characters on my one quarter? That's sick. But nowadays, it's like, I paid $60 and another $20 for the season pass, and I go online and I have to play three characters, and there's not a lot of bad players out there, so I'm fighting all these good players, and I barely get to move, and I don't know what to do with any of my characters. And Dude, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary absolutely so we need like i said there's ideas about the you know the rank system and how to make that better but again really important to try and make it so that uh there's a larger beginner base out there and in order to do that we need to find the right environment right now we need to f find the, a, a way to cater that you know what hold me to this chat hold me to this chat and hold me to this youtube i'm gonna do a big revamp of the chenzor dynasty discord i'm gonna do a whole revamp of it and i'm gonna try to make it more about matchmaking and 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 i'm gonna try to build a lot of matchmaking into the into the discord we'll see what happens we'll see if it happens and if i can spread it maybe get more people to actually uh care and maybe, maybe uh, to, to, to have people actually use it. 
and we'll see what we can do. So, yeah, Project L is a big discussion. <laughs> sure, you can scrimmage. Yeah, I just need to get off my ass. But again, ADHD meds working on that. So uh, there's not a single place like here to have a constructive end of conversation at FGC. These might not get the most views, but critical thinking and civilized conversation what drives communities forward. Thank you, Shay. I appreciate it. That's what I hope. That's what I hope is that I bring a mature take on all of this stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens in any case. So uh, you're no longer qualified for sure you can. Good. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But Investigation Cone at one point in time was pushing me to do more sure you can scrimmages. And I just kept uh, being lazy and putting, pushing them off and, and to the point where Investigation Cone just kind of gave up. But, you know, once I get the ADHD meds, once I get this uh, Discord thing set up again, you know, maybe this is my goal for Street Fighter VI. You know, I, one of my resolutions is to honestly try to be more active in making the FGC more welcome. And if I can just turn myself into the big giant welcome wagon, I'll do what I can. So, any case, thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys do enjoy the hour and a half long mature, nice discussion here where we actually talk about things in a reasonable way and try to approach things logically and, 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 and you know, address issues that a lot of people may no longer think about. Um, uh, that's why I like the recap show you do. You covered what happened, what is happening, and where we're going in respect to game and FGV. Thank you. Appreciate that, Mozzie. Appreciate that. So, uh, I'm sure you guys are really fun. I think it's really in line with your mission of Welcome Wagon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're going in for your Psyche Val next Tuesday? Yeah. Good luck with that, dude. I mean, like I said, I started taking some very low dosage ADHD meds. And then I was like, I'm really not 100% sure it's changing much. And then I got off the meds, and for the past four, three, four weeks, when I haven't been taking them, I have been the absolute most unproductive, miserable that I have been in a long time. Even when I was taking the medication, I was sleeping at better times, and now my sleep is really bad. It's almost like falling back into it has made it feel worse. So I'm back on the meds. It's a different one. <laughs> Starting low dosage again, but still, hopefully it fixes me up a little bit more and I can get back to being productive for you guys again. So, uh, also, another thing too, I guess I might as well bring this up here. Ah, it's more of a Chenzor Dynasty thing. I'll bring it up on a Chenzor Dynasty stream next time. So, in any case, thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Dude, the weirdest part about it is when you start taking the ADHD meds, nothing, you don't feel a change. Nothing changes. You don't be like, wow, I do have better executive function all of a sudden. Like, you just, like, things just happen. Like, you don't notice it. It's really weird. Like, you're like, I should do this, and you just start doing it. Like, you don't, it's, it, there's nothing tangible about it. It's so weird. Any case, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for hanging out. And I hope you guys do appreciate this kind of discussion. And, uh, you know, because we do this so much, it makes this the most important podcast of your life. So the day that this podcast graced your ears is the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Thursday.